Hi everyone, um, thanks for listening in and uh, going to be watching this Threat Intelligence Briefing. My, my name's Aaron, I'm joined today by Patrick, one of our Threat Intelligence Analysts here at Security HQ. Um, and today, uh, Patrick and myself are going to be discussing um, some of the ongoing um, cybersecurity kind of intelligence that is uh, being observed out of the back of the current ongoing conflict between Gaza and Israel. Um, so Patrick, yeah, just, you know, firstly, thanks for taking the time to to take us through this. Um, and yeah, just over to you, really, give us a little bit of introduction about, you know, what what we're seeing, um, what we're observing at Security HQ. Um, and then we can, you know, look a little bit more in, in detail at some of the content that you've got here to to display. Yeah, of course, with, with with everything that's going on recently over the past few few weeks, almost a month and a half now, nearly two months, um, the rising escalations in, in tensions in the region, especially the obviously Gaza and Israel, um, we look at the cyber implications from that. And uh, this depends on like certain industries, certain organizations, uh, certain countries across the world, not just, just to this region and, and, and how it's been affected um, with everything that's been going on. Amazing, super. So I think um, as we move through then some of this uh, analysis that you've put together for us today, we're going to be looking at, um, you know, some of the the, the, the pro-Palestinian uh, groups, right? And then also some of the pro-Israeli groups. So the, um, you know, threat groups or threat actors, um, adversaries that either side with the state of Palestine or with the state of Israel, right? Yeah, so um, this is a bit more a bit more of a political situation than we would probably be used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in this, obviously, Gaza uh, and the West Bank make up Palestine. Okay. And here's like the state of Palestine, so pro-Palestinian groups side with them. And then Israel, which is the rest of, the, of that um, Levant area. Uh, make up the state of Israel, so pro-Israeli groups there. All right, fantastic. So um, let's move on then to have a little look then about you know some of the you know pro-Palestinian groups as as we've introduced um, just just there on the previous slide. We've got certain groups that are either you know for or against a certain cause, um, and here are some of the main groups that, that that you and the team have been observing that are um, you know what we believe in, and they claim to be pro-Palestinian. Yeah, some of these are not new to us. Definitely not, no. No, we've got obviously Anonymous Sudan, which here in the region we are fairly familiar with. They were actually one of the first hacktivist groups to get involved uh, initially on October 7th when um, missile and rockets were, were sent into Israel by Hamas in Gaza. Anonymous Sudan helped by taking down the emergency warning yeah. missile alert systems that civilians in Israel uh, use on a day-to-day -day basis to actually get notified when... Uh, missiles are headed towards their direction and these are you know hundreds of thousands of people have these this application and they were able to take it down so it was uh that, that was a major part yeah. and then obviously Killnet, which probably we know the, very well their name is probably the most common yeah. the most famous here um they're a russian nationalist hacking organization um that actually work very closely with anonymous Stan. so as soon as anonymous Stan got involved we kind of had an idea that Killnet were going to yeah, join for sure and they just targeted Israeli government websites, um, the most notable being Shinbet. Mm. I think I think you know, what you just said on Kilnet is, is is true, and I'll expand on it a little bit because Kilnet, you know, when we saw the you know the, the Russia Ukraine conflict, um, obviously started off. Kilnet were, I guess, at that that point, um, 
very vocal um, in being a pro-Russian um, you know, activist group and used that platform as a time to go and conduct various different attacks, mainly, I think, DDoS and, and um, exploitation defacement. Um, and then of which, like you mentioned, um, Anonymous Sudan have, have also been very closely linked with Killnet. Um, and obviously at the moment, as as we, we've, I think we've written a couple of blogs on them and, and done recordings on them is, you know, with, with Sudan, Anonymous Sudan, there's obviously a lot of political um, unrest as well in, 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 in their part of the world. Um, and they have also been very active um, and carrying out, you know, various different attacks against, um, you know, countries that, that don't support, you know, the, the new Sudanese regime. So it's kind of all coming back, isn't it, full circle. We're now seeing, obviously, we've had Russia-Ukraine. We've obviously had, obviously, ongoing issues in Sudan. And now we've obviously got, um, you know, the Israel-Palestine, Israel-Gaza situation going on. And we're seeing these these groups like Anonymous Sudan and Kilnet um, you know, back on their pedestals almost, you know, yeah. carrying out their hacktivism. And then I know this is one that you and I have discussed um, fairly recently around the Cyber Avengers because seeing the Iranians now using... You know, this is an excuse to get involved. is is, <laughs> yeah. is an interesting one because, um, you know, as we know, the Iranians are Iranian threat actors are are very well known and, and highly regarded, um, typically for their destruction more than anything else. They're not normally there to look for ransom. Um, they're there more mainly to carry out destructive attacks. Um, and you know, I think the you know the, the Iran do not need any excuse to you know to to target target Israel so it's interesting to see that we're getting some Iranian threat activity. Yeah, this is almost perfect really for Iran and, and most of the yeah. APT groups they not that they wanted this this fight but this was just they, they've been doing it for so long yeah. so many years always going after Israel and, and, and any any other uh, countries sure. industries or organizations that side with them so mm. this was just they could put all their all their threat actors kind of on on one country yeah and I think you know we, we talk about Cyber Avengers here is one of the most active but I mean there are yeah, there are others um, that, that have been active, and I think from an Iran perspective, just one that I'll mention that's that's not here because they're more kind of um, they're called more APT. I would say it's um, Imperial Kitten. It's one that we've sent some advisors on recently as well, um, and they're um, you know they're kind of very active at the moment, um, specifically um, in the region because of obviously everything that's going on. So just it's just a, an interesting one to, to keep an eye on is is the Iranian um, you know participants you know within, within this kind of. Um, activity we're seeing at the moment so I think on the next then we, we're going to see a little bit more of a breakdown right this is kind of a breakdown of the groups that you and the team have been tracking yeah I mean there's just there's so many they're uh, obviously they, they go so far across the, across the world you can see some of these countries here like Morocco Indonesia Sudan you know obviously the the many groups from from like Iran and, and Iraq Lebanon and uh, countries close to Palestine and yeah, Israel, but yeah. so many across the nation, across the world, you know. Yeah, for for sure, and you know what's I think maybe really interesting, and, and hopefully the um, you know the listeners will feel the same way. It's the fact that there are so many groups that have mobilised. Um, I think it's, it's one of the lar- one of the largest mobilisations. Yeah, one of one of if not the largest mobil largest mobilisation of uh, threat actor groups ever. Yeah, which is which is incredible, right? For, yeah. for one, for one, you know, geopolitical cause um, or geopolitical unrest that's taking place is the largest mobilization we're seeing. So, I don't know if this is going to be a president that we're seeing, like um, you know, from now on, anything like this happens again or a similar type of thing takes place. Yeah, this is now kind of set the way or kind of laid the path for these hacktivists. You know, now they have their Telegram yeah. channels, they have their groups they're in, um, you know, have their kind of you know kind of umbrella terms if you like an umbrella group so it'll be interesting and i think there's some more right on on the next this isn't isn't the only only list so the list continues as well 
which is you know which is which is crazy to see how many people are here but i think patrick from what i'm seeing on you know these pro-palestinian groups and, and we'll look at the pro-israeli on in just a second the standout here is that you know ddos seems to be um the highest uh, type of attack that by was carried a, out right? by a significant margin yeah exactly 95 percent, if not more on ddos and, and what do you think the reason for that is and the reason i ask is because I guess maybe in recent years, we've typically kind of, you know, regarded to DDoS as maybe just like a, a real kind of you know, low level attack. It's, yeah. you know, it's very kind of, uh, we're not, you know, we have got protection in place. It's fine. DDoS is nothing. But actually, we've seen a lot of DDoS activity, you know, recently as well. Not, you know, before this, this conflict we're discussing today, where some groups have even held, you know, um, there was one story of an airline being held to ransom for DDoS because they were consistently bringing down their booking system yeah, you're putting them out of service really aren't you you're not allowing them to conduct business you're, you're stopping and everything's everything's digital now you know websites and stuff that, that, yeah. that people do bookings on yeah. payments through everything and you're, you're just yeah. taking them completely offline and that that you know those few hours a few days a yeah. week probably yeah. it, it can cause mass problems yeah it really can i think i think one accelerator to this really has been you know the adoption of cloud and i think you know the resources that are available to you know these various directors now threat groups now using ddos you know was 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 never really available to them at the scale it is now and i think that's maybe a reason why we're seeing an uptake in in successful ddos attacks um, yeah. that are you know that are bypassing or circumventing various ddos controls so yeah, really interesting to see that you know that is that is coming back. Yeah, obviously um, most of these would be usually probably ransomware. Most of these groups are ransomware yeah, groups, yeah, yeah. but they've kind of switched their whole their whole game plan almost yeah. to DDoS and uh, uh, defacement. Also, we get a defacement. Lot of, yeah, an interesting um, on the website. General just websites. data breaches for sure. And I think so. Maybe next then let's look at you know some of these the, these these larger pro-Israeli groups that have been. And when, when we use the term larger, they are the more active. They have been the more vocal on their, you know, various different underground forums, telegram channels. I yeah, I, I think Israel, as we all know in the cybersecurity community, it has some of the most technologically advanced yeah. um, organizations uh, in the world. So there's no surprise that maybe they don't have as many groups around the world that side of them, but... Uh, in terms of, of, of knowledge and in terms of, of, let's just say, quality, they may have an upper hand. Maybe some countries like Iran and stuff yeah. have some of the, be some of, like, the yeah. best in the world. Yeah. But I'd say Israel are fairly up there. And obviously, um, India has been a large supporter of Israel. Yeah, That's that, why you yeah. can see this Indian cyber force mm. and Kerala cyber extractors, mm. let alone some others that we'll see based out of India have, have yeah. come out um, in public and have supported yeah. the Israeli cause. And, 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 you know, and these are some of the larger groups. And I think what's, you know, interesting here compared to the last slide maybe is that on, you know, the, the main groups that are pro-Palestinian there, there are a lot more familiar names, names that um, are relatively well-established in kind of the hacktivism, yes. hacktivist yeah. uh, arena, whereas these uh, may be new or emerging groups that are maybe yeah. using this as opportunity to raise their profile. Um, you know, maybe they'll, you know, by, by doing so, they're going to raise their profile within... You know, within within um, you know hacktivism or you know hacktivist arena, so it's kind of interesting to see all these new groups popping up as well. And then I think we've got a bit of a, a bit of a smaller list compared to the the pro Palestinian, but these are also um, a breakdown of you know the kind of the the bigger parts of the the pro Israeli groups that we're seeing. But you can also see that these aren't just you know pro Israel; these are anti like Iran. You can yeah, see OP see, Iran yeah. oppose Iran. Yeah. It's not just and the, the same goes for pro-Palestinian. They're maybe not pro-Palestinian. They're just 
anti-Israel. Yeah, exactly. Or anti-European um, nations yeah. or North America. They just, whichever side suits them. Yeah. And, and again, the same specialities and the same attack types uh, are common, right? It's, it, it's DDoS. It doesn't matter which side, of the, you know, which side or which um, cause you are, you are for or against. It seems to be the same technique is, is, is the most common. That is going to be DDoS. Yeah. Um, throughout. All right, super. So um, as we move on then to look at some of, you know, the where most of the cyber activity worldwide is coming from, um, you know, since October 7th. I think what you've done, you've kind of distilled that down to 10 countries. Um, yeah. With the most activity. So just give us a little bit of a breakdown, you know, maybe what's a surprise here, maybe what's not a surprise and, and vice versa. I mean, you can kind of see it with a correlation of, of where the APT groups, where the threat groups are coming from. Yeah. I mean, um, it kind of started out uh, initially just, Israel, Palestine, and some of the surrounding countries. So we, obviously Iran, um, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Egypt, and maybe some more Middle Eastern countries. Mm -hmm. But over time, with with a lot of uh, European nations taking a stance, especially with Israel and standing with them, we've seen a lot of a shift of threat groups um, attacking these European nations, the UK, Russia, Germany, um, France, Spain, Italy. You've seen that over time, but now, in the, only in the past like maybe two weeks, it's kind of come back to the region, and not because these nations are supporting one side or another. Some have, some haven't. It's more the fact that they're not saying anything. They're, the these countries are now getting attacked because they're trying to they're not be having a stance, apolitical. Yeah. They're trying not to have a stance yeah. on things, which is actually causing more problems. Yes, it's, it's interesting, right? So I remember when we started tracking all this activity, like you said, we tracked it from USA, from the North Americas. Like you then mentioned, we then watched certain campaigns unfold in, in Europe on those countries, um, you know, that, that have either have or haven't, um, you know, given their support to. And then now, like you say, it's, it's, it's back in the Middle East region where we've seen a whole wave of campaigns against various different industries, but then we'll come on to industries in a second. And I think really, just before we leave this topic or these, this point, I think the biggest point maybe to, to make to, you know, to the listeners is that this is not a, um, you know, siloed um, conflict that's going on. This this is impacting worldwide. This is this is impacting customers and and organisations across the world, right? And it's not just concentrated on the Middle East, and it shouldn't be seen as such. Yeah, I suppose m many people would think it was just confined to the region. Yeah, I'm sure by now, yeah. maybe you have a, a bigger idea of how, yeah. how wide this spread is and the, the environment is, is yeah. so large. You, you can't think, oh, because it's so far away, it won't, it won't affect us. It, it could be on your doorstep tomorrow. Yeah, really, and, and we are seeing that, right? We are seeing that case. Where yeah, we're seeing groups all yeah. the way in, in South America, yeah. you know, you know um, go for like the Palestinian cause. There was some in, in, in Ecuador. Yeah, right, sure. So I think yeah, just as a, a final, a final, a final touch before we leave this slide is that this is really a, a global issue um, and, and a global topic, I would say. And um, you know, it's it doesn't necessarily make it make a difference if an organisation in the Middle East or not. It's you know, there's still going to be effectively um, you know, scope to be targeted for one, sure one way or another. Okay, so if we look at then maybe some of the industries again, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, that some of these you'd expect to be on here. So do you want to just maybe touch on a couple um, and, you know, some of those stories, um, you know, from what you've been tracking and, and what's been going on around around the sectorial targets? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at, like, when we were highlighting the, the six 
threat actor groups that were the most prominent at the time, you could see who they were targeting. And, and mostly it was government, telecom, yeah. media, and uh, utilities. It was just more, it's more critical infrastructure yeah. or, or infrastructure that you can talk to the masses. So telecom yeah. and, and news outlets and anything like that has definitely been the most targeted. I think, um, yeah, what, what's, and we've seen this before, right, with other conflicts where power grids have been taken down and, and everything else. It seems to be that, you know, the critical national infrastructure is, is, is always a target. So, you know, your, your telco, your utilities, yeah. um, you know, your oil and gas. Um, so there's no real surprise. And I, I, I probably expect that you and the team don't anticipate this to change, that these targets here will typically continue to be the most target sectors this will always be be the most especially government yeah. but like for example we're seeing that like internet service providers getting yeah. taken down ISPs. and news outlets i mean jerusalem post sure. alphanet sure. they were being they've been taken down and it just comes as no surprise especially with it with a, a conflict where it's you're trying to reach trying to reach yeah. the masses you know of you're course. trying to reach everyone and, and raise a profile raise your profile sure. they're obviously going to either side is going to try yeah. try and disrupt that destroy that into right. your chances, yeah. So yeah, there's just a bit of a, a touch on some of those, you know, top top targeted sectors. Um, so yeah, re really interesting to see that you know some of those are are kind of the, the high profile CNI that you'd expect. So then just to maybe maybe wrap up and finalise then, and if we put this all back into a you know mitre um, you know attack perspective, which is obviously from a detection response element, um, is 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 what we like to do. So the top kind of two that maybe we'll draw attention to as we conclude is obviously we've spoken a lot about denial of service, right? So that's going to be the, you know, that's really your disruption to a service. And that's really most important when it comes to, you know, individuals, I guess, that are maybe relying on information on websites, um, you know, payment revenue, like revenue generating systems as well, applications yep. that are, you know, could be taken down, everything else. Um, so that's a really interesting one we've been, we've been seeing. Um, then, the second one, which I think is is interesting and, and probably one of the one of my favourite ones, because this I can link back to Arrain interactors quite nicely, um, is going to be the you know the exploitation of public facing applications, um, and although it might not have been talked about a lot by these different threat groups and threat actors that are you know you've listed in, in you know in, in in this discussion, exploitation of public facing applications still remains one of the highest initial actors vectors when for it comes sure. to threat actors. It was before and it is now. Yeah, it w and I think it always will be. And I think, again, it's just a bit of a reminder to check that attack surface, um, you know, understand, you know, which vulnerabilities are there, which, you know, could potentially be exploited because, like I say, you know, it, it will remain to be one of the initial access vectors, um, you know, for, for, for a long distance or a long period of time. And, it allows um, you know persistence mechanisms to to fall into place in different backdoors and Iran and various different APT groups out of Iran you know specialize in this in this type of activity. So just a couple of you know top uh, recurring kind of mitre techniques that that, that, we're, that we're observing, I guess at the moment. Yeah, and anything we, you want to add on that? We can't forget supply chain compromise. I mean, um, especially some of these some of these organizations, some of these governments are in these nations are probably fairly well defended yeah um but those that they're affiliated with maybe aren't so much and access via them is clearly clearly up there with um denial of service and yeah. public facing application yeah definitely and i think um yeah that that really um you know summarizes I think what we wanted to discuss, I think maybe just as a, a closing word for myself or maybe hand over to you is, yeah, thank you very much for, to so you and the team, 
um, continuously researching, um, you know, creating these advisories that go out to to customers, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis regarding all different types of threats, not just related to you know this ongoing conflict. Um, and thank you for putting this this research piece together that we can share with you know with customers. No problem. And um, I look forward to seeing you know what more you uncover. It's been a couple of months now since obviously you and the team have been tracking this. Yeah. Um, be anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's about it. All right, super. So. Um, once again, thank you very much for for, for your time and, and the listeners as well. And if you've got any questions or any, any you know, need more clarity around anything that's been discussed, um, please feel free to reach out. So thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And um, thank you, Patrick, and uh, for all the work that you and the team are doing. Thank you very much. No worries.